Welcome to Trans Tuesday. This week's topic is one that's really important and involves the cis folks out there just as much as it involves any transgender person. We're talking about what real cis acceptance looks like. And cis isn't a bad word. If you've heard that, you've been listening to bad people. Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the Calvin to my Hobbs, Susan Bridges. <laughs> that is appropriate. Isn't it? It's really good. I'm much more murderous than you are. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our guest is Laser, a trans musician, performer, and author. His music challenges the patriarchy, champions marginalized voices, and finds emotional resonance in everything from robots to breakfast foods. That's freaking These amazing. These are all my favorite things. Right? He's released 10 albums with his band, The Double Clicks, and his first solo effort, Overreacting, is coming out February 10th. Laser co-wrote the musical Teaching a Robot to Love, a sci-fi story about the trans experience with E. Aaron Wilson. The musical's concept album charted on Billboard and its sold-out award-winning debut run took place at the 2022 Hollywood Fringe Festival. Welcome, Laser. Hello. Thank you for reading my very long bio. I appreciate it. <laughs> I that's that's all really impressive That's a stuff, good bio, though. Though. It's really good. <laughs> Best I could do at the last minute, you know. The next time I'll include all the pets I've ever had, but we'll, we'll get okay, there. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. All right. Absolutely. So your first solo album, that's very exciting. What made you decide to step out on your own for this one? Yeah. Well, during the pandemic, we all learned a lot about ourselves, I think. We sure <laughs> did. We sure did. <laughs> and my my partner in the Double Clicks uh, is my sister. She decided to take a step back from music. And I've always wanted to do some stuff that's a little bit different from the Double Clicks. The Double Clicks became very much a nerdy kind of family-friendly band. Yeah which is wonderful, but also like I got, I got some swears and some yelling about trans stuff to do in my life. Yeah. So laser the boy, which is my new act was a little bit different in that way. That's really cool. Okay. We're varied and multifaceted. We contain multitudes. <laughs> Absolutely. We love to see it. Yeah. Okay. So what for you has been the best thing about transitioning? Ooh, uh, what has been the best thing? I mean, really being myself. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that euphoria, I think. And right. It, it's it, so good. It becomes a, I was just actually writing a song the other day about how being closeted is a little bit like having a pebble in your shoe and you don't know that it's there. And then it, once you start to notice it, it's like, oh, okay, this is the worst. And I've got to get out of this, figure out what the actual problem is. And when you go from having to wake up and put on a gender that doesn't fit you to not having to do that, it's a huge relief. You know, to me, a lot of the joy has just come internally from letting go of 
trying to fight this battle I never was going to win to be a woman, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like when I transitioned, I knew that, or at least I hoped that things would get better, right? But I did not know what that euphoria was going to be like. I didn't know I could ever experience it. And I didn't, I had no idea that it's like the most amazing feeling to, after a lifetime to finally just get to be yourself. It's so I don't know. There's there's got to be a word for it somewhere, but it's really amazing. I yeah. said amazing too many times, but yeah, it's did. great. It's really good. It is amazing. It's euphoric, even. It is. That's why we call it that. Yeah. <laughs> I've also been very lucky to, you know, I I, I, I identified as non-binary for four years, and then at the end of 2019, my marriage ended. I was in like a, in a someone call a straight passing relationship. Yeah. And once I left that marriage, I felt a lot more free to come out as a man. And the relationship I've been in after that time was a, it's just so much better to find your whole life when you're being yourself and it makes you able to love people and be seen as who you are. It's just kind of a gorgeous thing. It really is very well put. So what's the other side of the coin for you? What's been one of the most difficult things about transitioning? You know, I think one of the, I think we all have something that we wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't ever put on somebody else. But, but to me, I think the darkest moments are, you know, being misgendered when I'm really trying or being misgendered in situations. And then it's like, oh, that was probably my fault. I wasn't, you know, my voice wasn't right. Or my hair was too, this or that. And you kind of pile that guilt on yourself and think, well, every other trans person is valid, but not me, <laughs> you know, I'm the one <laughs> yeah. that's, that's messing up and every, this is all my fault. And it, it's not great. You know, obviously there's, there's the, I've more frequently been in situations on the street where I think, oh, this could get violent. Let's get out of here <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, I think it's just that self, that self doubt that you got to fight and, and fight that by, you know, surrounding yourself with people who believe you and that, and and having a good trans community or a queer community around you to to support that. Yeah, I remember that I had some of those those issues early on where I would be like it's like exactly like you said where I would I would stand up and shout from the rooftops for other trans people's rights to do something or be a certain way but then I would be like, well that doesn't account that doesn't I don't count for that. That's yeah. not I'm different. But you're not, right? We're all part of it and we have to apply that all to ourselves too. It's you know, transitioning is like the biggest act of self-love, right? It's loving yourself yeah. enough to do what you need to do to be yourself. And we have to we have to hold on to that all the way through and realize that we are valid no matter how it goes. And when other people misgender us, you know, that's on them. It's, yeah. It says more about them than us, so. Absolutely, yeah. It's important to give yourself grace. Absolutely right. So where can people get your upcoming album from? Oh, sure. Yeah. Laser the Boys album Overreacting. It's coming out February 10th. There's links on lasertheboy.com where you can go pre-save it or pre-order it. Spotify, Bandcamp, those kind of places. Lasertheboy.com is probably the best place. It's really great. It's got a lot of T for T love songs, some dysphoria tracks, and some just general kind of Dungeons and Dragons anarchy vibes. So I think you will like it if you like any of those things. Who doesn't like all of those things? Go check that out. And is there anywhere else that people can find you online other than the website? Are there any social media accounts or anything that you would like to mention? Yeah, sure. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok all as laser the boy. I stream sometimes on Twitch and I've got, you can find my musical at teaching a robot to love 
com, which is going to be, uh, it's at the Adelaide French Festival right now, virtually. So you can watch it online or it's going to be out in Indiana this summer. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Awesome. Lasers everywhere. Go follow him everywhere. You can't get enough laser. You can find, just look, look for someone with blue hair and pronouns. It's probably me. <laughs> well, I think that probably also applies to a lot of queer people. But, it definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we get into this week's topic, I want to note a correction from a few episodes back in episode three, our trans rep in media 2022 retrospective. A kind person out there let me know that Patty Harrison is in an episode of She-Hulk. There's no confirmation that the character she plays is trans, which is why I missed her entirely, and goes to show you just how important it is to actually let the audience know that a character is not cisgender. But regardless, I'm glad to see more rep for trans actors. She played a bride who was getting married, so if not necessarily for trans characters, and and I think this makes her the first trans person to show up in the entire MCU which is really great until you add up how many movies and TV shows it took to get to that point. Um, MCU seems pretty phobic at this point. It's, like, it's a little depressing. It's just too, so, like, like, really, guys, really? So, well, let's just hope it doesn't take that long to see the next trans person in the MCU. We love Patty Harrison. That's delightful. Okay, so let's move on to this week's topic of cis acceptance. So what am I talking about when I say acceptance? It's not just being okay or fine or even just quote unquote accepting that trans people exist. It's about seeing us for who we tell you we are and believing us. And then the most important part of that is letting us know. So again, I do not claim to speak for all trans folks or or all trans women, but for many of us, we've spent our entire lives not feeling seen. I referenced this a bit in the Trans Tuesday on Dysphoria which you can find at TillysTransTuesdays.com. But specifically, I described my dysphoria as feeling like you're behind a six-foot-thick concrete wall that separates you from the rest of the world. And we can see out and see you, but you can't see us. So it's like transparent aluminum? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for tying it to Star Trek. Or it's kind of like being underwater, you know, like you're drowning and everyone we care about can't see that we need help. I mean, that's what dysphoria was like for me. What's it been like for you, Laser? Did, did you have dysphoria? Did it feel similar to that? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it felt like, I think a lot of the reasons I didn't come out earlier was because my societal upbringing, I knew about trans folks before I came out, but I just, it just didn't feel like I was allowed to do it. And so sure. a lot of my feelings, I don't know that I necessarily even identified as dysphoria until I figured it out. Same. Yeah. I had it my whole life and I didn't know that's what it was until I came, you know, close to self-accepting. And I was like, oh crap, that that's gender dysphoria all my life. Yeah. It's, it's, it just feels like it, to me, it's always felt like trying to run a race. You're never going to win. Trying yeah. to like everything in your life is like, oh, I'm working so hard to do this thing and I don't even want to do it. But you know, physical mm -hmm. dysphoria as yeah. well as soon as, as soon as I put my words in it, it was like, oh God, there are parts of my body I got to get rid of because every time I see them, I, I get so mad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, going back to, to the underwater metaphor, mm -hmm. it's also kind of like society and other cis people are the ones that are holding us under. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully more of you cis folks out there are waking up to that, but that's a different topic entirely. But 
If you'd like a little more information on that, you can see the Trans Tuesday on Trans Rage and its companion and follow-up, Cis Apathy, mm. both of which, again, are at TillysTransTuesdays.com. But true acceptance is being seen for who we really are, and then, surprise, actually being accepted as that person, as our true selves. The most important part of that for me was my amazing wife, Susan, right here. Yes, I am amazing. You are. <laughs> uh, and our son and, and all our good friends. The people we're closest to are the ones most important to get that validation from. But I want to focus here on the rest of the world. So like one of the thousands of examples you can easily find of the kind of thing trans people are up against simply for being human beings who want to live our lives in peace, I guess, is, is an article titled Anti-Trans Bills Are on the Rise. It's from the Washington Post by Anne Brangan and N. Kirkpatrick. It was written in October of 2022, and it's about how more anti-trans legislation had been filed last year than any other year on record. The same happened in 2021, but 2022 topped it. And guess where we're at in 2023? We've already beaten the number from all of 2022, and it's only January. And the antithesis of that kind of hate isn't just you being okay with our existence. It's about acknowledging it and letting us know. And I'm not looking for personal affirmation from any of you folks out there right now. Don't flood my inbox. But it has to be legit. You can't say you're okay with me existing and then spout incredibly horrible, incorrect lies about trans people. And then when you're gently corrected, shout, stop telling me what to think. Uh, you know, that literally just happened to me with a cis woman who honestly believed she was quote unquote fine with trans people, which I, I suppose is something you just find a way to convince yourself of in spite of <laughs> trans people saying what you're doing is harmful. If you can't listen and learn to someone from any marginalized community, you're not an ally and you're not even really okay with us. You're a direct part of the problem that makes life so difficult for us. Have you experienced anything like that, Laser, from people who claim to be allies but just did not understand the harm they were doing? Yeah, I mean, I have been on online in a relatively public figure for basically my whole adult life. So it's, yeah. it's always interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people, they're just like, well, I don't identify as hateful. So therefore anything I say can't be hateful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, there's a lot of, of harmful stuff out there from people, both from people who are doing it on purpose or to be trolls or yeah. people who think that they're doing the right thing. And it's, uh, I mean, you can, you can choose to be mad about it all the time if you want, because it is infuriating. It's a tough old world. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. One of the things that I was worried about with coming out was the potential of it ruining any shot Susan and I have of a career in screenwriting in comics. Mm. I certainly don't want to work for bigots, so I'm not lamenting that loss, but we're writers and we want to write. So when I came out publicly, I thanked a lot of people for making it possible. Trans people who inspired me, of course, but cis people that I knew would accept me before I came out because they mm. were loud and proud about their acceptance of trans people. And I was absolutely serious when I said the support of those people, of editors and writers and producers, helped me be able to transition and helped me feel there was a place for me to be myself in this world and still have a writing career. Although now we're just like everyone else. No one has a writing career. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get too depressing. But if I felt like transitioning was truly going to be career death, it would have been so much harder for me and maybe even impossible because that's how important writing is to us and to me. It's it's as much a part of who I am as being a wife and a mom and a friend and a trans woman. And so I promise you, cis folks out there listening, if you've publicly posted your support of trans people, we notice and it matters. 
you can change our entire worlds. The present estimates put two to 5% of the US population as trans. And so in easier to understand terms, that's somewhere between one in 50 and one in 20 people. So think about how many people you know from all areas of your life and how many of them are out and open about being trans. I can almost guarantee you that there are trans people in your life that you don't yet know are trans. They might not know themselves yet. It took me years to figure out. Everyone discovers it on their own time. But I promise you that they see you. They're watching and will see what you, the people they love, care about, admire, and respect, think of them as human beings. And don't you want to be someone they know they can trust to tell because they're certain they're gonna get support from you? Don't you want your friends and family to feel like they could actually be themselves around you, the real selves, right? Acceptance matters. And I thought I knew how much, but it surprised even me. So now it's gonna be story time because I like to do those. It's almost like I'm a writer. On January 11th at 9.56 p.m., I tweeted the following. This afternoon, I experienced something I never had before, something that for most of my life I thought I never would. It's a very strange thing, very good, but so complex to process. Life is strange and beautiful. So what the heck was that about? Susan and I were invited to a casual little get-together our friend was holding. It was just a bunch of geeky ladies hanging out with snacks and drinks. And did you pick up on what I just said? Because I didn't pick up on it until I was there and it hit me like a 12-ton avalanche. It was a bunch of geeky ladies. And I was invited and welcomed. And yes, that's great. Trans women should be invited to things for ladies. Trans men invited to things for men. I would stand up and shout that from the rooftop and take up arms to defend it because we are women and men. But when I was there, we were just chatting with friends and folks we hadn't met before. And a few more people trickled in over time, as happens with these things. And every time someone new came in, I'd look over and smile or wave. And suddenly I felt the earth move. Why was everyone coming in a woman? Why was everyone here a woman? Why was I here with all these women? Oh, God, I'm not supposed to be here. But mm -hmm. yes, yes, I was. My friend invited me to an event for women, and I am a woman. But I have never, ever, ever in my life been to an event just for women before. I've been out for years, but because of the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of restrictions. And if you would like more information on how coming out during a pandemic really mucked with a lot of my plans, you can see the Trans Tuesday on transitioning during a pandemic. But this was the first chance I got to be somewhere reserved only for people like me. People like me. I am like those people. Those people have different experiences of womanhood than I do, but we're all part of the same broader category we use to define a type of human being. Just like we white women have a different experience of womanhood than black women do. Just like non-disabled women have a different experience than disabled women. Just like young women have a different experience than senior women. But we're all still women. Trans is just another kind of woman you can be. And here I was being me, being a trans woman in a group of women. All of them treated me exactly like they did each other. Just another fun, geeky lady to get to know and become friends with. Have you ever had anything like that, Laser? Did you ever get to be in a group of just men and just be accepted as, mm -hmm. as one of them? Yeah, I mean, I've been out as a dude for less than a year. So it's it's been a relatively new experience for me. Yeah. And but I do remember like the first moments of being a dude with a cis dude, like having those moments. I was at a friend's house. We were going to make s'mores. And there were, you know, all genders of folks there. But sure. when it came time to light the fire, me and my 
cis male friend who I'd known for years before I came out, we decided we were going to go be the boys and, and try to start the fire. And it was just this awesome, such a great experience of, of masculinity and, uh, just feeling like, oh gosh, I'm actually doing it. One of my, one of my favorite things about being a man is that I didn't really realize until recently, which I'm sure is harmful for other folks, but delightful for me is how much men call each other man and bro. <laughs> it's just yeah. the le- the lexicon of, of maleness. And when I can get, you know, like a delivery guy or, uh, you know, anybody to be like, okay, thanks bro. All right. Later, man. My girlfriend makes fun of me for it a lot because it's just like we're all affirming each other's gender. Masculinity is so fragile. We have to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really kind of lovely for me. Yeah. I, you know, I found it overwhelming. It, mm-hmm. it was like the first time I got to be in a group of mostly strangers after transitioning and finding out how wildly different the experience was for me. Yeah. You can find out more on that on my Trans Tuesday on Into the Unknown, aka What the Heck is Happening? <laughs> It was really hard to process. I, I found some old nervous tics and fidgeting I used to do coming back without my consent. How dare they? Because I was struggling to process everything that was happening. And it wasn't even anything monumental to, to anyone but me. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was something I'll never, ever forget. Because it's the first time I got to be with a group of only women, all of who collectively with their actions said, we see you. You are a woman and you belong here with us. It meant so much to me, I could cry. And that's not the hormones, just shut up. Uh, (laughs) So I I cannot thank my talented and brilliant friend who invited me enough for giving me something I'd never had before. And for a long, long time, thought I never, ever would get to have. And, And that was as simple as truly, genuinely, wholeheartedly accepting me as the woman I am. And this is the power you cis folks out there have to do good in this world, to change things for the better, in small ways that will cost you nothing. Thank you for being here, Laser. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited that I I got to chat with y'all. And just as a closing thought, if you believe in the humanity of every person, if you believe in justice and equality and that everyone should be free to be their true selves, make sure the people in your life know it. They need you to be loud about it and accept them. Tilly Bridges, and transmission. <laughs> Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at Mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tilly'sTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.